0: We don't slut shame around here. They say we are what we eat. Does that come in organic? So, who are you eating? I believe they call that an ethical slut. Can I unplug your phone so I can charge my vibrator? I can't believe he couldn't find it. Fuck it. Let's roll. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat. The place to up level that sexy life of yours. With expert talk on sex, love, and nutrition. Hey lovers and welcome to another episode of Eat Play Sex. I'm your sex expert, Dr. Cat. Now, we may all have fuzzy mental memories around the year 2020. That seems all too blur together. I feel like my mind skips back to 2019 anytime I try to reference. <laughs> but our bodies definitely remember. Mind does for sure. I'm still deep in that healing process. Lots of emotions like fear and nervousness and anger from the uncertainty, the isolation, the stress, the kids running around 24-7, the political climate, the riots, everything in the air impacting our nervous system, leaving us a little more on edge, a little more or a lot more on edge. And where is this all going? It's certainly not evaporating into thin air because we see the effects on the well-being of our relationships, on sex, and of our own body functioning. Lately, I have been navigating some personal health issues myself. A resurgence of autoimmune causing my beautiful hair (laughs) to just fall out in chunks and nutrients apparently not absorbing into my body. And it's both really frustrating and absolutely humbling. And maybe you can relate. We can't do much without our health. And even though we take such good care of our body and we give it what we believe it needs, there may be something that we aren't translating and we need the help of an expert who speaks the language of the body. So it's a good thing that we have Stacey Tucker here to help us decode the language of our bodies. But before we get to Stacey, I want to thank you all for tuning in. I want to thank you for your reviews on iTunes and sharing with your younger brother and his wife <laughs> because my goal here is to get you to eat, play, and sex so much better. And if you haven't already, please head to eatplaysex.com where you can subscribe to the show, connect with me, and read more about how you can uplevel your sex, love, and vitality. Now to our awesome guest, Stacy Tucker, a trauma RN, nutrition researcher, and founder of Almeda and Tao Chemist, hmm, Tao <laughs> that utilizes acupuncture, Western science, and Ayurvedic medicine for a holistic approach to health. Thank you so much for coming on, Stacy. Uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yes. I've been waiting for this moment, just like anticipating when we finally get to meet and dive into all the wisdoms that you have. Oh, it's, um, it's been, a, it's a lifetime.
1: It's a lifetime. So I'm excited to see what unfolds <laughs> from our conversation. It it's,
0: uh, should be very interesting, I hope. <laughs> yes. And so one, practice that I love to do with my guests as a way to warm us up and get us into more of a playful attitude before we dive into some of the more seriousness (laughs) is to ask a question. I like to think of it as foreplay. We're warming up before the deep dive. (laughs) And so uh, this question for you, what was your most awkward sex experience? Okay.
1: That, um,
0: that was a (laughs) lot of fun.
1: Um, in a a not fun way. Um, So I I contemplating that and really um, the most funnest sexual experience that I had that I didn't get to have was I was at a dinner party and, you know, I was, you know, a group of people and this woman says to me, you know what, you're just nothing like I expected you to be. And I said, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, you know, I've just heard, you know, I've heard these stories about you. And I said, What? Like (laughs) about what? And she said, "Well, you know, I heard that your, you know, your ex husband used to tie you up and watch you and video you having sex with your trainer, and all of this, you know. And I just, you know, that you were just really into all these different sexual experiences. And I was just like, really? Well, damn! Like, where the hell was I? Like." wish that I would have been having that much fun. So I, I joke about the most awkward in the sense that it's like, wow, man, you all have far greater imagination about my sex life than I do. So it was kind of, kind of a funny thing. And I was just like,
0: well, Hey, you know what? I'm going to roll with it. So anyway, that That's was- so wild. How do people eat? How are, first of all, why are people talking about your sex life behind your back without your consent? Right. Cause people are freaks,
1: man. Sex is, <laughs> sex is, is it, you know what? It's very strange. You know, um, I guess maybe being from Missouri that a lot mm-hmm. of people don't have a whole heck of a lot to talk about and other people's lives are far more interesting. And even if it's a fantasy, Um, so be it, you know, I, I prefer to live in reality and and whatnot, as far as whatever that is. But, um, I thought it was like, wow, my
0: reputation. That's yes. It precedes you. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, I didn't even get to have the fun. That sucks. That's so funny that you bring up Missouri, because I swear every time I go back home to visit friends and family, it's, I feel like a tornado just being myself and showing up and having all these, you know, wildlife experiences and everybody else wants to talk about my life, you know, <laughs> because it's the most exciting thing that comes through. Right. It
1: is. And it's, it's actually, um, you know, because I have had a very exciting life also. And sometimes it's, it's, it's sad in a way, you know, that, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, wow. Like there's just so much to experience and, um, you know what, but Hey, if it's the, if it's entertainment and inspires someone to maybe try something. So it is great. I'm glad that you
0: come back to your (laughs) hometown. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, got to touch back with my roots. Yeah. You know, speaking of sex, yeah, speaking of sex, it's such an, we've been in such an interesting time, you know, this year that doesn't really exist, that kind of blurs everything together, 2020. And <laughs> one of the major complaints that I would get from clients was that they were struggling around sex, whether it was sexual desire or struggling with, um, you know, excitement of sex with their partner. And so coming into to me, see me as a sex therapist to help them untangle that. I wonder what that would be like from your experience, from the medical and the nutritional side of things, what you saw in sex, especially related to COVID or the stay at home orders.
1: Yeah, that's, that's great. Cause I really, I think it's, you know, there it's, there, it's multifaceted, right. Um, because there's actually a biochemical process it's happening in the body because um so if we look at COVID, right? The 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 whole overarching thing, well, what has COVID done to people? Well, it's brought up emotions of uh, fear. Mm. Um, angry because they're having to stay at home, their lives, you know, have been turned upside down, people are grieving. Um, you know, some of just the, the basic emotions, you know, so anger, fear, grief. Well, those emotions are actually stored. In the body, specifically in the kidneys, the liver, the lungs, right? How so is that? How do
0: they store in the body?
1: So, in the Eastern philosophies, mm-hmm. um, the liver um, is really is the primary organ of anger, right? And so, whenever we suppress our emotions, um, they actually get stored in our body. It's like the somatic somatic experiencing. It's it's really the psychosomatic component of therapy of how things actually, when we hold, when we suppress our emotions and we push them down, mm-hmm. well, where do they go? Yeah.
0: where? do Yeah. They go? Truth.
1: Well, um, you know, and this is obviously more of an Eastern approach to science and what have you, but, um, in classic Eastern philosophies, those emotions are, um, directly correlated to those specific organs. Mm. And so therefore, um, you've got that component Of what people are navigating emotionally with COVID. And then we also have the nervous system. So, the autonomic nervous system, you know, it's responsible for that fight, flight, freeze, like survival component of survival. And then it's that rest and digest component. So, when someone is, you know, when we're navigating a heightened state of being in our sympathetic nervous system and not really being able to, you know, no. There's a lot of, of of chaos. It's a chronic state of of the nervous system being um, impacted. Um, what happens then if everything isn't working efficiently in detoxing? Then the um, methylation cycle can get disrupted. So um, that's what's, what kind of what's like. that? So the methylation cycle in like I don't want to say kindergarten level, but the most basic way I approach it is, it's how our body is able to convert the food that we eat into nutrients for our body to use for cellular energy, for vitality. Mm -hmm. If our nervous system is in a chronic state of being out of balance, then it, it disrupts that biochemical cycle that you know creates disharmony. So sometimes the, even though we maybe are eating good food, the nutrients that we need may not be getting into the body as efficiently as the way you know, they, they would be if we were in a, a more peaceful state with our nervous system. Mm. Right? And then on top mm. of it, the nervous system also is responsible for supporting the endocrine system, which are all of our hormones. Yeah. So then reproductive, we can go into, you know, the reproductive. And I, and I really, I work with a lot of men, honestly, more, I I work with women, like with fertility Mm -hmm. primarily, but with men, I actually work with like hormones and emotions and, and what have you. And so that's really, um, that I think there's a miss, I think a lot of, um, men, are not, they're not addressing the nervous system. And so I think that some of the stuff with the hormones and nutrition are not being addressed at the root cause of their actual nervous system being out of balance. And so how is that impacting sexuality, right? And then, you know, being in lockdown, right? And to not be able to have that human touch and so more people um, using pornography, um, mm-hmm. Honestly, like what I'm, what I've been hearing are a lot of, you know, like men that are using pornography, and then once they can go back and be intimate, that it's so different that, um, you know, actually have intercourse with a woman, there's this disconnect, and then not even to mention on top of it, a lot of um, younger people, like Gen Zs, right, that are using pornography, um, they're learning about sex through um, the phone and mm-hmm.
0: it's, it's just kind of not the same as connecting with, with yeah, the physical body of another person. You bring up a really good point of, of thinking, you know, inviting the conversation around our nervous system. Cause this is a conversation I bring up with my clients all the time. They come in here and they're like, I feel like I'm just going crazy or I'm feeling I'm super fragile about everything. And I'm like, yeah, cause your tolerance as a result of everything that's going on around you is just so much lower. So your window is, is, is uh smaller to what you can tolerate. And if we're operating in that, in that sense for a really long time, it, of course, our, what you're saying is the, our, internal functioning starts to to fail or starts to mm, dysfunction yeah dysfunction yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It, and it really does and it's science it's science it's yeah the bio, it's the biochemistry and so if we're not if we're not getting the right nutrients I mean then we're so the, back to the clarity right the, mm-hmm. the people are like I'm not functioning I'm not well you're not most likely you're not methylating correctly
0: yeah, yeah, and and what you're saying is a big part of this is because of the emotions that they're not expressing that they're storing instead inside of them, mm-hmm. and like you were saying, they don't just evaporate; they just they build, <laughs> they build in pressure. I feel like we're literally seeing this in the micro and the macrocosm of our culture right now because it's not all the emotions that have been suppressed are bubbling to the surface and coming out in even more anger and rage and rejection and, and, um, po- you know, polarizing thoughts. Yeah. Right now. Exactly.
1: Cause this is, none of us have experienced this, like even, you know, elders, like people in their seventies and eighties, maybe they've gone through wars or what have you, but what we're navigating right now, we're all kind of in this together and, and, you know, what are those answers? What, what actually is support? And so for me, I think just as a nurse and with the acupuncture that I do, um, I just know that if I can go to the autonomic, if I can address the nervous system, then to the best of my knowledge right now, I think like that just is like the safest thing that I'm like, okay, great. Let's balance the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Then we get the right nutrients on board. Then let's see what kind of clarity can come from that because at the end of the day we're all going to have to start building again and what does it look like and you know what what do you know how do we interact with each other because we're human you know we we're, we're human beings and we mm-hmm. thrive in that connection and so what does it look like
0: yeah and i like the way that you just broke it down there too starting with the nervous System before addressing any of these other things first, because as a trauma therapist, I do the same. Because it's, I can bring in all these other tips and tools and strategies and communication skills and everything, but if they're in a constant state of fight or flight, none of that is going to really penetrate or be effective.
1: Right, because they just the the, the clarity. They, it's it's just a lack of of clarity, and it's really not. It really isn't possible because they're not in their body, because you're not really in your body.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, there's been a lot of, well, actually I can speak from my own journey of really understanding my, my own body. And I practice things like sensuality and I practice listening to the mm, contractions and expansions of, of my body in the moment to moment. Yeah, moment to moment. Moments <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to be able to figure out, okay, body, what do you need right now? But there is the, I think, learning the language of your body can be challenging for most people to learn, well, what is going on inside of my body? And then out on top of that, some of the trauma that we've experienced in our lives, or even in this cult as a um, collective experience might make it more of a challenge for somebody to understand the language of their body. Are there tips that you would give somebody who's wanting to learn about how they can be more present to what's alive and address what, what is there for themselves? Oh gosh. Um, I
1: think, um, you know, back to the thing, keeping things really simple. That's mm-hmm. why, so I look at the emotion of anger and fear and sadness. They're very unique in their expression. So for me, that's a really simple way. Whenever someone is going through a felt sense of maybe resistance to doing something or, Not understanding, like, what is this that I'm experiencing? Something doesn't feel right. If it doesn't feel right, then really, like, honor that imbalance. Like, because there, it's your body is communicating. Yeah. Um, Then it's almost if we can simplify and ask those really, you know, just like this is like basic questions. Am I feeling afraid? am I agitated, angry about this? Or am I, is it bringing up a sense of sadness? Mm. And then for me, almost like knowing what, because those are typically, we can identify those emotions, right? Even if we're not, if everything's out of balance, there, there's just certain truths that um, I think people can tap into those emotions. And then if, if you can identify that, then... We can say, okay, great. Well, I'm really feeling afraid right now. Well, those are your kidneys. Or
0: I'm feeling really angry right now. Okay, well, that's my liver. How did they determine that that emotion manifested in that area of the body? Is there like receptor sites or is there specific hormones that are released there or... That's a
1: really, really good question. So I'm not an oriental medical doctor per se, as far as that, that goes. And so, um, as far as taking a deep dive into that, it is, um, I don't have the exact answer and I wish, I wish I did, but I don't have that. Um, I just know that in, um, the, the, the clock, the, you know, how and when each organs and how the body actually works based on a 24 hour cycle.
0: Yeah.
1: So, um, that's a good, good question that I need to do. Um, a little bit. Yeah. I'm super curious. That. I am too. Yeah. I am too. Yeah. yeah. But if we look at, you know, and here, here's one way, cause you know, like I said, I always go back to a nurse, you know, I'm a trauma nurse. And yeah. so, um, for me, I stabilize things. I keep, I find the leak and it's like stabilize what's going on. So for example, um, sadness, grief, well, um, breathing, right? Whenever we're, we're sad, we cry or whenever we, we it's almost like this, <laughs> like a little baby, <laughs> you know? Right? So for me, it's like, okay, that's easy. Lungs, that sadness, you know, that's, uh, uh-huh. that's the emotion, right? Um, like, so the lungs are easy for me to kind of like you're not breathing. And a lot of times that's um you know more associated with sadness than um but that's a great great question. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So um
1: yeah but those emotions then we know though, okay, based on I'm feeling this, well guess what? Maybe need to go get a big glass of water. Mm Mm-hmm. You know maybe need to take some really deep breaths. Let's get your lungs, like take a deep breath, right? Just, just little, little things that, um, you know, or, you know, count to three, right? If you're mad count to three, just give it, you know, so this is the old wives tale, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Yeah.
0: I think it's great. Midwestern. Yeah. 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 And they're, they're like these, uh, I call these BAM, bare ass minimum ways that we can get back into a regulated state. Yeah. 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 It doesn't actually have to take so much effort. It can be as simple as drinking some water or taking a breath and, and just a shift back into a calmer state
1: yeah, it really is. And I love like taking high level biochemistry and, you know, science and breaking it down. But I think that we all, we spend so much time in our mind that it is the really simple little things. And, you know, I guess that maybe this is just like kind of a Midwestern kind of like rub some dirt in it and, (laughs) you know, like simple folk maybe,
0: but it seems to work, you know? in a world where we're inundated with so much information i think it's important to be able to break it down to simple steps so that we can digest it literally and figuratively digest it yeah yep. because there's also what i am what i'm experiencing is being told to take specific supplements. And I've worked with nutritionists before in the past, um, a a lot around gut issues and around like chronic fatigue and, and just trying to figure out what was going on in my body. And so then they would prescribe me all these supplements and I would be taking like, I don't know, it's probably like 30 supplements in one day and realizing like, and then receiving uh, feedback from people telling me that it was a waste of my money to be buying all these supplements. And yet there's gotta be something helpful around supplements. What? so I can't imagine that they're all made the same. How do we determine what, makes a good supplement or how our bodies is there is there something that impacts our, our body's ability to absorb the nutrients or what is that what's the science behind that
1: yeah so you know that's that's multifaceted and yet again for me i feel like it's almost a reductionist a lot of scientists work in a reductionist um, um, mindset right that's how science works but if we're not reducing back to the root because maybe someone doesn't realize that they haven't reduced it down far enough, um, then we're missing an opportunity. So you taking handfuls of actually one of the products that we, we have with Almeda Labs is a solution to um, uh, someone very near and dear to me was taking had to take a handful of, of supplements three times a day. And it's like, there's no way if you cannot get someone who has a really serious life threatening issue, say maybe even an elderly person with hypertension, right? High blood pressure. And they're not willing to take their, I forgot my blood pressure medicine or whatever. I mean, come on. It's unrealistic to think that anyone is going to take handfuls of pills for the long term. Mm -hmm. So back to getting to the root and how the body works. I always take everything back to the. Autonomic nervous system. Yeah. And it's its role in regulating the biochemistry, which is the methylation cycle, the Krebs cycle. So while supplementation is wonderful and we're like, it's like, it's, it's, um, the nutrition component is amazing. Mm. But if we haven't got the nervous system balanced and then next layer is making sure that we have the right foundational nutrients on board to support that methylation cycle. Then once you know, okay, great, we've done, we've set a really strong foundation for this person. Now, then you can get a more clear picture. And we're still seeing that, seeing that maybe the liver's out of balance, or we're still seeing that maybe the, um, you know, maybe they're still having some insulin resistance. So maybe then we want to add in a couple of supplements But having a bunch of things that aren't um, what's called bioavailable, that a lot of these handfuls of supplements, you're taking them and they're not getting to where they need to be. And they're not the body's kind of like, whoa, what's going on? And, you know, your organs, your detox organs aren't able to process them. And then that's actually creating more harm on your body trying to process all of these nutrients that you're taking. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, while I think that, you know, on the positive side, it's like awesome, but then let's take it back a little bit further and simplify it in a way that, um, I'm a big, big proponent of plant-based, um, mm-hmm. uh, supplementation at the foundation. So that's why I like of liquid, um, concentrated fruits and vegetables to support, That methylation cycle, that they're methylated vitamins, that they have folate rich in folate, not folic acid, and they're in their most pure form, because you know, we are um, you know, we're created of minerals and um, you know, from the earth, and we're going to return to the earth and all of that, you know, I can't help but weave like the spiritual component into this of what are we made of. So Mm. if we're made of all of this wholeness, then wouldn't it just make sense that it's probably better for us to eat things in their whole form? Sure. You know, like just easy, you know, so I, that's the foundation I think we need to set with plant, plant plant-based,
0: yeah. Stacy. I feel my nervous system calmed down listening to you talk. You just create such a holding container with all this wealth of information where, again, we're inundated with so much information. It's like, I don't even know how to differentiate what this <laughs> is. So you say bioavailability, and I'm assuming that's our ability to absorb.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So it's how, and I'll say it is we come from nature. And we're going to recognize something else that comes from nature. Mm -hmm. And that's bioavailability. It's whenever we actually recognize something as ourselves.
0: Wow. Okay. That actually makes so much more sense. I've seen the word bioavailability on, on uh, like looking at supplements, different things. And it's like, okay, which ones do I actually need? And reading, uh, you know, 90% bioavailability and not fully grasping. I was like, oh, okay, so that's just absorption. But you're saying the body recognizes that and it can receive it more easily. Yes. Yeah. Wow.
1: That's really how I look at it. And that's why I'm a big proponent of whole food Mm -hmm. and plant-based, especially whenever we're trying to, you know, restore, our, you know, metabolism and stay healthy. Yeah. Bioavailability is a big buzzword right now. Yeah. I mean, and that's one of my biggest things. I'm just like, Oh God, now here we're doing this now. (laughs) now, This is the word. And it's really frustrating as a healthcare professional, like a licensed healthcare professional to have all these, like this noise around bioavailability (laughs) or this or that and the other. And it's just like, (laughs) Oh, it's confusing to me. Um, So I can only imagine as, you know, like a lay person or what have you, that like, I'm going to I'm going to trust this because it seems
0: like a good word, but yeah,
1: it's really just, you know, um, how nature intends things and our body's going to recognize things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you see a pattern of particular minerals or nutrients that people are missing, especially when it has to do with uh, sexual desire or libido? Do you, is there, if you hear that, is there something that you're like, okay, let's look at this group here?
1: Yeah. um, And I apologize because I'm going to say a little bit of a disclaimer here right now because I was going through COVID. Selenium is big, Mm -hmm. big, big for, um, as an antiviral so back to the like COVID and sexuality. So we'll like kind of lean into that a little bit. So guess what, if I'm going to be, um, having sex with you, I want to make sure that you're taking selenium because I know that you are getting your, uh, your messenger RNA antiviral, uh, mineral. Um,
0: <laughs> so put that on your dating profile. Got exactly. it.
1: We <laughs> must be taking, um, selenium from fruits and vegetables. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So really, um, and I love that. I love that. That's a great question. And so for me yet again, I can't break it down because that would be basically it's like saying here, take a handful of pills, right? Because mm-hmm. it's still whole holistic. And so as far as for sexuality, I still am such a proponent of folate. folate. So eat your spinach Popeye, right? It's like kind of funny. Um, folate is Huge in supporting that methylation cycle, and then you know anything that's going to support the endocrine system. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, I'm trying to think, what else would be really um, bio like red peppers, and I like to give the actual foods as much as anything else that really support. You know, um, uh, hummus, like things like that that are really easy foods that kind of help if your bio rhythm is in rhythm, everything else kind of just gets into rhythm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So with all of this talk around, um, around supplements, how do, uh, another common practice that I'm hearing or some buzzwords that I hear a lot, you know, speaking of buzzwords is things like detox and things like cleanses and that's another one that are fasts like all these different words and I know that they're not the same but there seems to be a relationship with them and it confuses me as to what is healthy what is a fad what's a trend what should I be practicing and what's the difference between between these right yeah that's loaded <laughs>
1: um, right, because if we look at, you know, there are certain truths that are, are across the board as a as a human being, you know, right that that hold true. But then there's all these other layers of who we are, what we've experienced, um, you know. So I'm a big proponent of of um, let's say fasting, right? Well, break fast. I prefer to, you know, eat my last meal of the day around 6 p.m. And then I will wake up, I'll get things moving in the morning and what have you. And I typically break my fast at around 10 or 11. I really like to give my body time to just to rest. And Mm. then one day a week, I'll just do a 24-hour water. Where all i do is drink water right mm-hmm. and you know we can look to um religious you know practices and what have you that that's something that has been you know there's a reason why it's going on so i do believe in fasting one day a week and i think that's enough and if someone really wants a um a hard set. I reset. I love like maybe just three days with, with water. Right. Mm. And that's just cause it just kind of lets the body relax a little bit and, um, it creates clarity. So I keep things really simple. Yeah. Then, um, like a cleanse versus a detox, you know, um, practicing, you know, Ayurveda, the yoga, yoga science, um, doing a seasonal, The season changes, doing a detox of the primary detoxification organs actually comes in handy. And really the way nature works is that based on where you live, things grow, like what's, what fruits and vegetables and, you know, kind of what's the algorithm of your environment. And the way things grow in nature actually will find what the herbs are that like those are the things that the body needs for a seasonal detox and just mm-hmm. kind of a, a reset. Um and I, I prefer to use it more as a reset. I don't like all these words. It's just gotten too yeah. noisy. Um because really it's just about just resetting um, you know, to a uh, nature's biorhythm of, you know, that's, it's, it's, just overly it's for me, it's overly complicated. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing is like, I've done research on um, nutrition, meditation and yoga and how it actually impacts the microbiome and all of this. And I still, um, you know, I just say like, this is a Western, I take a Western approach to Eastern um, philosophies, because I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, I will never be, I'm not some white girl that is trying to grab on to, you know, all these Eastern like practices and claim them. That's, you know, Mm -hmm. for me, that's very sensitive to, you know, cultural appropriation and and what have you. It's like, I'm not, I'm not that what I do know is what grows in your community is actually the best way to reset your body. Um, Now that being said, I am actually a detox specialist and I work mm. with, um, addiction and PTSD. And so for me, those are, that's kind of where, you know, um, I look at like, um, detoxing and, you know, how do we, you know, it's cause it's just the varying degrees. And so whenever I'm detoxing an individual or working with them, I, it, but I still go back to, I have the exact same algorithm. I think we need to keep our nervous system balanced. We need to work with our liver, our kidneys, and our lungs, because those are the primary organs that are responsible for detoxification, as well as maintaining a healthy pH balance in our body. Mm -hmm. And so if we're caring for that part of ourselves, then that's kind of what creates the cells are able to function better and endocrine systems functioning better so um back to i keep it just keep it as simple as possible there's too much noise
0: yeah yeah truth let's detox that noise so so Mm -hmm. focusing on those three organs to be able to help the body to flush out toxins that might have been might be building up causing some of these some of these issues
1: yeah yeah so so if we do it like say like if i were like doing a little like a workshop or what have you we would say okay great we're going to meet here. We're going to eat certain foods that support your, your organs that are known to support the organs, that are known to help with the detox, right? But then we're going to maybe journal or, or talk about the emotions, right? And because there's this whole spiral dynamic kind of thing that happens whenever we give voice to, oh, well, anger this or sadness this or, you know, uh, you know I'm afraid of this, that or the other, and we, it, get, it releases them. And whenever we give voice to releasing them, then it's supported with like the acu. I actually do a technique of acupuncture that's evidence-based, but then I do the acupuncture that supports that. And then we give the right foods to then support the internal environment that helps release um, all the stuck-down emotions, all the, you know, maybe the toxic food that we've eaten and not known, the environments, it's just, yeah. you know, yeah.
0: Yeah, all the banana bread that I ate over this last lockdown. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Unclog, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, yeah, that really makes a lot of sense. Um, the I've been particularly working on the liver and helping my liver detox lately. And I have found a lot more energy after being able to do that. So I can definitely at least attest to that. <laughs> Wonderful.
1: Yeah. Wonderful.
0: And then I would identify if we were
1: probably like so what were what were you angry about? What were you yeah. about? You?
0: <laughs> I know. And you know as you were having that conversation around the emotions with the organs I'm like I don't really know. I mean, I'm great at communicating the anger, but I wonder if there's a part of me that I wonder if it comes out in its fullest expression or if, cause I'm really good at, at words, <laughs> I'm really good mm-hmm. at, at communicating, but I wonder if there is a level of me not fully expressing and maybe holding some of that in. I don't know how that, mm-hmm. how that plays a role.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I often, often um, make things like humor is so therapeutic. And I think that you and I both, you know, knowing working as trauma therapists, um, you know, in the line of trauma care, that if you don't have a wicked sense of humor, you know, uh-huh. man, you're going to go cuckoo, really. Um, and so I often joke about like, once, once I start working with you, we're going to get to the cobwebs. I get into the subtle crevices, like the tiniest Mm. little bit of residue that you might be experiencing that's just tucked away. Because really, um, we can go deep into epigenetics and ancestral, right? The things that have been, you know, when this is going out there, but inevitably if our DNA is, you know, we, we can pass things through our DNA that maybe it's not even your, anger. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm from the Midwest. We are queens at at, at emotional expression over there. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Huh? Or suppression, I said shade yeah. it's depression. Yeah, yeah. right?
1: Exactly. Yep. Be the good little girl. <laughs> a star mm-hmm. for me. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's going into the, the cobwebs of like, all right, great, right, let's go in. And, and the thing is, it's not even anything that has to be identified with a story of this is what happened or what have you. It's just like, hey, you know, there's just some, some residue there mm-hmm. that comes from family you know, or you know, or or even we can even go more into the morphogenic field. Like as women, like we're so open, like everything, you know, like who we are is we're sensitive. It's our intuition, it's our creativity to be able to tap into source energy and the unified field and all the energy mm-hmm. around us. So sometimes like how much other stuff do we take on that, you know, it's not even genetics, it's just the world.
0: That is a very great point. And a very non-shaming, compassionate way to describe, you know, some of these things that we might pick up or are received from somebody else that isn't necessarily our own. You know, I can feel some of the emotions of my, of my clients, you know, because I'm attuning to them. I'm right there with them in their experiences that they're sharing. So how much of this is, is me, is this imprinting on me, what, what is coming up through them? I can only imagine what that's like for couples who are stuck in their you know, who are in their homes through COVID during this whole time. You know, experiencing the emotions of each other and storing that in their bodies.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, it's this is some heavy stuff. You know, I mean, and and evaluating the relationships of you know, um, like well, who is this person that I'm even in relationship with because we've been so active and what brought us together, it was it a wound on wound kind of mm-hmm. expression, right. Or relationship. And then maybe we worked through that, but then now we've got this COVID thing and then it just takes it to the next level of, of what each individual is experiencing. Even, you know, someone people who've done their work and they're actually, you know, really committed to being a whole individual and two whole peoples that come together. It's like, this time has really, um, created an opportunity for people to say, okay, great. Now what's coming up when I'm feeling boxed in whenever, you know, um, like this is what it felt like whenever I was put in, you know, time out as a child or
0: Mm -hmm. who knows,
1: there's so much. I mean, I can only imagine as a psychotherapist,
0: you know, that you, yeah. Oh, yeah. We go down the rabbit hole. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's never, it's, it's never ending. And, you know, ultimately it's just to be, it's love. It's love. People yeah. just want to be loved and to feel safe and, and feel you know, that they belong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so hopeful that, um, you know, on the other side of all of this, either people are going to be um, more in touch with themselves and you know being able to be more connected um and understand how um important it is that human touch is a basic survival um need i mean that's one of the things they teach us in nursing school and i don't know with with your training it's like but you know food shelter
0: water touch i mean those are just basic things yeah that um we all share. And right now we're just deprived of, of, of many of those things or some of those things. Yeah. Some of us more than others. There was a conversation that you and I were talking about before the show. And I was like, Oh my God, we need to turn on the, the recording right now because this information is so, so amazing and relevant to some of the, um, even Netflix shows that are coming up right now. And, um, how they relate to what we've been talking about, but you were talking about sex on the spectrum. So being somebody who's on the spectrum and the, their relationship with sex and their, even their relationship with love, how can, what can you share? What can you enlighten us around that topic? Wow. Ha.
1: That's, that's good. Um, so we were talking a little bit about, um, you know, the, the, uh, um, concept that people on the spectrum don't have emotions that mm-hmm. they're, you know, their social, their social cues, the awkwardness of, of, um, um, how they interact, um, with others. And really I still go back, um, you know, I, and I talk a lot about the, um, you know, being, being a woman or what have you being open and experiencing the emotions of others and what have you. So really on the spectrum, I just talk about, that's a highly sensitive person, they're very, very sensitive to the the um, the frequencies around them and mm. the emotions of the people that they're interacting with and what have you. So um, it it's very different um, because the um, wow that's that's a kind of a it's it's kind of this is like wow this is hard to answer in the sense of. Um, that there's a practicality, if you will. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like we're on a mission, we're mission driven. This is what we're here to do. And, um, what, and, and it's trusting because, um, a lot of times when you're on the spectrum, it's like, you don't have, there's not a lot of noise, so to speak. Um, and you're pretty focused on kind of whatever it is that you're, you're doing so to speak. And, and there's, um, I don't want to say a lack of discernment sometimes, but it's almost like you trust people to be in integrity and what people say they are or who they are. That that's that's the the fact. And so there's a vulnerability in one way that there's not a lot of time for the games, so to speak. That that people play throughout relationships because really just, you know, it's all about a big, you know, it's, it's fun and games and all that stuff, but being on the spectrum, actually there, that there's a component of the game playing, so to speak, in, in intimate relationships that's maybe not as um, prevalent or easy to understand. Like the, you don't know how to play the game as well. Like how do you, you know, cause it's all, I don't like the word manipulation necessarily, but there's so much manipulation that's really mm-hmm. going on in, in all relationships to get like, sure. I want this out of the relationship and I need to do this. And this is what the good girl does, or this is the way it needs to look. So yeah, it's kind of, um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting and to be so sensitive to, um, to other people's biochemistry and thoughts and everything. It's a very unique experience
0: to be on the spectrum mm-hmm. in a relationship. So- so when you're saying being on the spectrum, you're you're describing a sensitivity to frequency. So that's energy. That's cha- changes of feeling with with other people. Um, I have also heard and correct. It, give me some clarity on this. If I have this incorrectly, um, that sometimes being on the spectrum means that there's a more of a challenge in attuning or reading the facial expressions or the emotions of the other person.
1: Yes, because they're actually reading the frequency. Oh, what do you mean? This is, okay. Yeah, this is really And I, I love that this came up. So I can just tell you as a child, right? And I'll just give <laughs> my own experience. That's all I can really do. Yeah. I remember sitting on the stairs at my grandmother's house one time and we were having this conversation, the conversation that we're having. And I was like, hey, you know, how come I hear things? And then when people say things, what they say is different than what I hear. I hear before they say it. So it's picking up on what people are actually thinking and what Mm. their energy field is giving off, right? Because it's a frequency. It's like someone walking into your space and you're like, Ooh, man, they just don't. Mm. So it's the same kind of thing. So what maybe mean that like picking up on people's facial expressions or what they say or what have you what if they actually are in fact picking up on their frequency and they're just calling bullshit mm. on right. They're actually not, they actually are picking up on things, but because of this, you know, Incongruency
0: or. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's okay. what that, that for me is a big, a big part of it. Um, because sometimes social cues, social stuff is like so much nonsense. We are so conditioned to be a certain way. And like, you know, the good girl or right. Don't say that. Or don't, you know, don't let them see you sweat. Don't, you know, don't don't let them see you're mad or sad or anything. So it's kind of just, it's, it's multifaceted in a way. So it's just, I just have a different perspective we'll say on um, picking up on social cues. I think that's kind of overrated sometimes. You know,
0: (laughs) I don't know the, the part of me, you know, teaching clients of, of how to read their, the facial cues, um, because how important it is even as children to be able to pick up what the internal experience of our parents are so that we can get those needs met. Um, however, I can also imagine, you know, the word spectrum means that it's, there's a spectrum, there's a spectrum of manifestation of how, of the, I guess the, the, um, qualities that are more developed or less developed for each individual along that extra sensory experience, like heightened sensory experience. I also remember growing up, um, a dear friend of mine, he was so sensitive, like you're saying, that that little sensory experiences, whether it was sound or the ticking of a clock or, or somebody shuffling their feet was highly irritating to him. So he was picking up so much more than what I would be naturally filtering out. Right, right. So picking up some of these cues I, and that must be a challenge for relationships then too.
1: Yeah, it's you, it's a muscle, right? You have to exercise so that. I love that you say it's, it's really, there's so, it's a spectrum, right? Of the sensitivity. So in relationship, it's really, really hard. And um, I, I could say another um Part is like weaving in any other pathology that a partner might have, like um, that maybe I'll just say like uh, borderline personality, like a personality disorder, or s- psychopathology where mm-hmm. people, they really don't necessarily experience those feelings. Then that creates a kind of a weird little like um, disconnect. Cause you can't, you can't read what they feeling or if someone has been trained to put on a good face and smile and what have you but whenever you you can't help but know that they look this way but that's not what they're feeling so your friend like being that sensitive um so actually if you are reading but but it's not congruent with Mm -hmm. what you're feeling as a language Mm -hmm. it's kind of like well what do you do with that
0: yeah yeah. and it's it's I, I can see how being able to turn off or not having access to a tuning might be a mm, protective strategy. To be able to not feel the rejection or the the potential potential loss of a connection or something that's very scary, like a threat. You just kind of like turn it off or or just not be present to it or not be connected to it. Uh, but it also I can see it also causing a challenge because how can you actually prepare yourself in, or ensure that a relationship is is secure and solid if you're not picking up the accurate cues.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it's,
0: it's loaded. I mean,
1: this is, this is loaded. And the thing that I find is that there's more and more people that are being born on with these varying degrees of, you know, whether it's like Asperger's, ADD, ADHD, um, you know, it, that range, you know, it's like, there's just so many people that are navigating this right now. I don't, I don't know the, um, I can imagine that. You're only just going to get busier, get <laughs> busier. It, yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's um, it's complicated. And it, and how important it is to have these types of conversations so that we don't feel like we're crazy and we don't feel like there's something wrong with us, but there can be an understanding of ourselves more, the compassion around this is what's happening with me, this is why I'm picking up more cues, this is why, um, instead of just saying yeah something's wrong with me yeah 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 so it's exercising the muscle yeah mm-hmm. you're, you're so full of knowledge Stacey it's <laughs> it's incredible so for those of you who are listening if you follow me on Instagram at sex yoga I take followers questions and put them to my guest experts and we have a couple of questions here if you're open to hearing them I'll, I'll, uh, absolutely.
1: do absolutely.
0: So this first question, uh, hormones and skin, especially when stress, what can I do? Ooh, um, get acupuncture. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: How back does acupuncture you. help that? So
1: back to stress triggers the autonomic nervous system to get out of balance. If you can find a great acupuncturist who knows how to treat the nervous system, mm-hmm. that is, to be honest, one of the easiest ways. And then um, I'm not gonna I like I could promote um incarna, which is one of our products that's a liquid concentrated fruits and vegetable mm-hmm. that supports back to that methylation cycle. Really, folate um, is such a biggie. Um, um, so eat your spinach if that's the easiest. But honestly, um, I just feel like for me, um, I think the level of stress that people are experiencing now, the, the, the bar has been raised, so to speak. And I'm, I tend to get really great results with using acupuncture that treats the autonomic nervous system specifically. Um, and I think I've got a guy actually, um, um, yeah, I think I've got a guy in LA. I don't know where the voice, but, um,
0: yeah, everybody, everybody comes from everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I also have an episode in Eat, Play, Sex with Annie Gigliotti about, uh, acupuncture and Chinese medicine. So you can also check out that episode, um, for information on, uh, the cycles that we move through with our hormones. I think that'll be really, really also uh, beneficial. Mm-hmm. Okay. Second question: I struggle with heartbreak, and it causes a lot of anxiety. What could be some ways that I can relieve the stress and relieve the stress and move on? Mm, so. Oh, wow. <laughs> I
1: know. <laughs> oh wow! So my Midwest, my Midwest mom you know kind of like it's time it's time and to be able to feel heartbreak is such a gift Mm. it's such a gift that your heart's open that you actually can experience
0: heartbreak because it's much better to experience heartbreak than to not be able to (sighs) just like you were saying about suppressing the emotions instead of allowing yourself to feel them Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
1: you're fortunate and I mean that's yeah just keep your heart open and, and time time heals and then then there's clarity that actually comes on the other side of on the other side of it
0: yeah I'm also going to suggest out there my 21 day course on dropping the hooks from past lovers. I think that also might help you to create some clarity that might help to relieve some of the anxiety. Um, But I I love what, what Stacy's saying here. I totally agree. You just got to feel it to heal it. Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. This was a pleasure having you on the show. How can people find out more about you and read your epic blogs that I highly recommend? (laughs) Thank you. Well,
1: um, so I have two, two companies. I have, um, Almeda Labs, A-L-M-E-D-A-L-A-B-S, Almeda Labs. That's the nutrition research and, um, food, food line, I'm going to call it food. Um, so I actually have a couple of patents on products that actually address, um, like things like insulin resistance and the methylation cycle, um, that, um, I just created a Western approach to, um, what I have found to work to support the biochemistry that helps people avoid having to take 30 pills in a day. Um, (laughs) And then, um, dalchemy, T-A-O-C-H-E-M-Y, dot um, com is our acupuncture, um, platform. So I actually do extensive traveling with, um, dalchemy. I come to California and New York. We have private practice in New York and Colorado. So I travel pretty extensively doing workshops, um, with the acupuncture and I do retreats and, and what have you. And actually, um, so we have social media, so Instagram and, um, Uh, you can reach us on both those platforms you can dm and then um you know hopefully i'll be in california soon and um what i love to do is just set up shop say and i'll go to la i'll go to san francisco and i'll just set up shops for like 48 hours and then just schedule appointments where people can come in for the acupuncture we go through a process and kind of get things recalibrated um And, you know, even back to that, like the hormones and stuff, it really
0: balancing the nervous system really does support the endocrine system and hormones, so... I fully support that, you know, as a trauma therapist myself, I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. The relationship with the nervous system is, is so key. Mm-hmm. And so they can find out when you're going to be, where you're going to be through your website mm-hmm. and we're going to stay connected. So I'm going to get to know when you're going to be here. Yeah. So follow Instagram at sex, love yoga, and I'll be announcing that too as well. Thank you so much, Stacey, for coming on. Thank you. Lovers, thank you again for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, hit subscribe and head over to EatPlaySex.com to connect with me and grab my sexy guides. Because my goal here is to get you to eat, play, and sex better. So you can improve your sex life, which will improve every aspect of your life. Until next time. Keep it sexy.